Faith, Hope and Love, episode 105, the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year B. This weekend, the theme of peace resounds through the readings, and this is very fitting. Our world is crying out for true peace, and our Lord is that peace we long for. In the Gospel, our Lord is exhausted. He needs physical rest, and so do his disciples. But he's never too tired to help people in need. He does not confuse his needs and his tiredness with the needs of those around him. He does not blame their needs for his tiredness. He ensures that he addresses their needs, and after that, he addresses his own. This is Faith, Hope and Love. See, I have God for my help, the Lord sustains my soul. I will sacrifice to you with willing heart, and praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello everyone, today is the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time Year B and we come together to celebrate God's love for us as brothers and sisters. So at the beginning of our celebrations let's pause, acknowledge our sins and prepare ourselves to celebrate God's love. Lord Jesus, you came to reconcile us to the Father and to one another. Lord, have mercy. You heal the wounds of our sin and division. Christ, have mercy. You intercede for us with the Father. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God Almighty, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father. You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, 
receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Let us pray. Show favour, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace, that made fervent in hope, faith and charity, they may be ever watchful in keeping your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 23, verses 1 to 6. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The Word of the Lord The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Fresh and green are the pastures, where he gives me repose. Near restful waters he leads me, to revive my drooping spirit. He guides me along the right path, he is true to his name. If I should walk in the valley of darkness, no evil would I fear. You are there with your crook and your staff, with these you give me comfort. You have prepared a banquet for me in the sight of my foes. My head you have anointed with oil, my cup is overflowing. Surely goodness and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. 
In the Lord's own house shall I dwell for ever and ever. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 13 to 18. Brothers and sisters, now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both Jews and Gentiles into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So Christ Jesus came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. My sheep listen to my voice, says the Lord. I know them, and they follow me. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Chapter 6 Verses 30 to 34 The apostles returned from their mission. They gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognised them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord Our Lord, the Good Shepherd, always put the good and the needs of his flock before anything else. The first reading says those quite striking words from God spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. God looks very, very poorly on those who are in leadership positions who have betrayed the trust and the care that they were given. They were told by God to follow his will and they were never given permission to do otherwise. It's fitting, therefore, as the church throughout the world and including in Australia are looking at the terrible crimes 
committed abuse by priests and religious against the people. God rightly would be saying to them, Woe to you shepherds who have destroyed and shattered the sheep of my pasture. I will attend to you for your evil doing, says the Lord. It's fitting, therefore, that uh, the Australian Church has recently issued guidelines about safeguarding, particularly young people and vulnerable adults, but also all people. And so I think it's fitting uh, for us to listen to this message from our Archbishop in Brisbane, and the message would be the same throughout the world. So we'll listen to Archbishop Mark Coleridge, Archbishop of Brisbane. Pope Francis has laid out a clear message for the Church when it comes to the crucial question of safeguarding. He puts it this way, The Church loves all her children like a loving mother, but she protects with a special affection those who are smallest and defenceless. Now the duty that Christ himself entrusted to the Church is exactly this. The Church is especially vigilant in protecting children and vulnerable adults. These words drive our safeguarding strategy in the Archdiocese of Brisbane. This strategy sets our approach and priorities around safeguarding until 2020. The strategy applies to all church personnel, including bishops, clergy, religious employees, contractors and volunteers across all the parishes, ministries, agencies and services. It's for everyone. Our safeguarding commitment is this. The Archdiocese of Brisbane holds that children and vulnerable adults are a gift from God with an intrinsic right to dignity of life, respect and protection from harm. The Archdiocese doesn't tolerate abuse by church personnel or others involved in its ministries and services. Therefore, the Archdiocese of Brisbane is committed to protecting all involved in our ministries and services from abuse. Promoting the well-being and best interests of children and vulnerable adults in the delivery of all ministries and services and responding effectively where disclosure, suspicion or allegations of abuse arise. The safeguarding commitment is underpinned by our three P's of safeguarding. We want safe people, safe practices, safe places. Having safe people means that church personnel are appropriately selected, recruited and trained in safeguarding and that they accept their safeguarding obligations. Having safe practices means applying safeguards to all archdiocesan activities, ministries and services in order to prevent abuse. And having safe places involves applying safeguards to all properties and locations in which archdiocesan and activities, ministries and services are conducted to minimise the risk of abuse occurring. This archdiocese has established an Office of Safeguarding Services and the archdiocese works with the Australian Catholic Church's new Catholic Professional Standards Body. This body, set up following the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse, has established National Catholic Safeguarding Standards. Now, these standards take into account the guidance of the Royal Commission and the Australian Human Rights Commission. They provide an important basis for how our Archdiocese approaches safeguarding. 
Our safeguarding strategy has a foundation principle. Safeguarding is everyone's responsibility. This principle serves as the foundation for safeguarding functions within the Archdiocese. It calls all Archdiocese and church personnel, regardless of their position, to embrace safeguarding and their duty to care for and protect others from abuse, but especially children and vulnerable adults. Pope Francis has called for zero tolerance when it comes to sexual abuse. He's right. We have to do all we can to safeguard our smallest and our most defenceless. Our Archdiocese and Safeguarding Strategy aims to do just that. Now, with your help, we can achieve this. Safeguarding is everyone's responsibility. There's a beautiful line in the second reading that one could spend the whole week and a whole lifetime contemplating the meaning of. Jesus is our peace. He who made both into one and broke down the dividing wall. Through his flesh, abolishing the law with its commandments and legal claims, that he might create in himself one new person in place of the two, thus establishing peace. This is really fascinating. Peace is not just a state of mind or body, and reconciliation and forgiveness is not just something we do or not do. Peace is primarily a person. Forgiveness is a person, and that person is Jesus, our Lord who is the Lord of peace and the Prince of forgiveness. The writer and poet Alice Camille tells of an incident in her life that brought this personal dimension of peace home to her. She writes, There was no way that I was going to speak to that guy who offended me again. No way. I repeated this mantra several times to fortify my resolve. I was outraged. I was hurting. As I rehearsed for the twentieth time the righteousness of my position against my enemy who had offended me, then I remembered. Peace wasn't something that was mine to give or to deny. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is the way of peace. Unity with him is unity with peace and reconciliation. To withhold reconciliation is to withhold Christ and what Christ can do. The balance between reflection and action, prayer and good works, work and rest, comes into focus in this weekend's Gospel. It's often hard to get that balance right in our lives. So many demands on our time. So many good projects that call us to to work with. And so the balance of work, rest prayer action is quite challenging. Jesus knew this balance and whilst he had to respond and be flexible and even change his plans when situations unexpectedly arose, but at the same time there's a deep sense about Jesus that he kept that balance within his heart and so he was able to be peaceful and loving in response despite the many demands and despite his plans for a well-earned rest being thwarted. Jesus knew the benefit of taking some time to get away from it all and to revive, to rest, to pray, to eat, to have time to nourish ourselves in body and soul. He showed that care for himself and his disciples, even in the midst of incredible demands of ministry. 
The crushing needs shown by so many people, countless people, who came to see him, to hear him, to be touched by him and be healed. Among the many different benefits of taking some time out, including renewal and physical and spiritual recuperation, there's also a valuable chance to stop, take a breath and look at where we are. And also look at where we're heading and ask ourselves, what am I trying to achieve? If we're constantly responding to the urgent, we may miss the chance of weighing up whether it's also important. It's amazing to think of it, but a thing can be urgent but not necessarily important. And some of the most important things in life may never present themselves to us as urgent, but if they're neglected could cause major difficulties and cause us to lose sight of the very things that matter. Also, we believe that our God can be encountered in the silence and the stillness. I'm impressed by a quote by St. Teresa, which says, Settle yourself in solitude, and you will come upon him in yourself. Another really striking thing about today's Gospel is that although Jesus knew he needed to get away from it all and to give himself and his disciples time to rest and pray and gain renewal and focus, his attitude towards the needy crowds when he saw them is really inspiring. He gets to the place he was heading for a well-deserved rest. And what does he find? The crowds have found their way before him and they're all there all demanding and needing. We could be forgiven if we, in that same situation, were filled with exasperation and reacted by saying, oh, go away, I'm too tired. Leave me alone, I need this time to myself. And Jesus would very well have felt the need for rest and for food and for solitude. But Jesus' reaction is one of overwhelming compassion He did not see the crowds as if they were nothing to do with him. These needy crowds were not disconnected from him. He identified himself with the people who were there. He and his disciples were not a case of them and us when it came to relating to the crowd. So it looks as if Jesus' compassionate reaction to the crowd was because although he wasn't denying his needs and his disciples' needs for rest and prayer and food, he knew it all too well. When he came across the crowds, he recognised their needs, and they were just as important. So for Jesus, it was always a case of not them and us, but here is us and us. His needs and the needs of the disciples were as important as the needs of the crowd, and the needs of the crowd were just as important as his and his disciples. He solved this slightly conflicting need by responding in compassion and love, to the lost and desperate needs of those who were waiting for him. I'm sure when he went off, he gave himself and his disciples the space they needed afterwards. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Our Shepherd teaches us to ask for help in our needs, and so with confidence we pray. For bishops, priests, deacons, and all ministers of the church. Lord, hear us. For politicians, public servants, and all who work in the government of our nation. Lord, hear us. For parents, children, and the strengthening of family life. Lord, hear us. For the sick and those who care for them, that they may receive healing, strength and peace, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. For the homeless, the poor and the neglected, that they be given the practical help they need as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, hear us. For the dead, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Loving God, we humbly ask you to hear the prayers of your people we are often confused and looking for your guidance, and we know we can trust in you. We direct our prayers through the Good Shepherd, Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who in the one perfect sacrifice brought to completion varied offerings of the law, accept, we pray, this sacrifice from your faithful servants, and make it holy as you bless the gifts of Abel so that what each has offered to the honour of your majesty may benefit the salvation of all. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For when your children were scattered afar by sin, through the blood of your Son and the power of the Spirit, you gathered them again to yourself, that a people formed as one by the unity of the Trinity, made the body of Christ and the temple of the Holy Spirit, might to the praise of your manifold wisdom be manifest as the Church. And so in company with the choirs of angels, we praise you and with joy we proclaim, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, says the Lord. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door to me, I will enter his house and dine with him, and he with me. Let us pray. Graciously be present to your people, we pray, O Lord, and lead those you have imbued with heavenly mysteries to pass from former ways to newness of life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. Texts used in this program are for the purposes of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. Prayers and chants are taken from the English translation of the Roman Missal, edition 3, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Scriptures are from the New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009 by the National Council of Churches of Christ, USA, with adaptations to conform with Catholic liturgical norms. The Psalms, a new translation, copyright 1963, The Grail, England, published by Collins. Mass in honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, published 2011, composed and sung by Geoffrey M. Ostrovsky, featuring... The Gloria. See www.ccwatershed.org forward slash Charbonnel. Prayers of the Faithful are adapted from Robert Borg's 1993 book Together We Pray, published in Sydney, Australia by E.J. DeWire, out of print. Faith, Hope and Love theme, words based on 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13, set to original music by Paul W. Kelly. For more details, please visit homilycatholic.blogspot.com.au Contact us at paulwkelly68 at gmail.com Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources May God bless you and keep you.